0: recordings in progress i've been just told by my computer
1: excellent now we have nothing left to say
0: (laughs) yep we've been talking for way too long already you were right i should have pressed record when we got on 25 minutes ago
1: this is what i keep saying
0: (laughs) they missed all of that amazing off-topic discussion
1: (laughs) well merry christmas
0: merry christmas everyone julian's happy holiday merry christmas (laughs) happy kwanzaa
1: (laughs) Oh dear. It's every year,
0: Julian. Yes. Did we all have a <laughs> did we all have a good Christmas? We did. Did we survive the massive tornado afterwards?
1: We did thankfully. My uh, my husband's cousin lives on the Gold Coast and posted a couple of videos of trees just ripped up everywhere, so that was quite shocking.
0: Yeah, if we have any international listeners, which I don't think we do. Or maybe we do. I have no idea. Yeah, there was a massive storm Christmas night that literally like tore trees from the roots and unfortunately destroyed many people's Christmas decorations (laughs) so Merry Christmas (laughs)
1: you lost a few lights didn't you
0: yeah we had a few things blow nothing major like nothing that nothing that can't (laughs) be replaced luckily it could have been a lot worse
1: I was quite shocked to discover that the hail this year came spiked it was spiky hail
0: they've upgraded the hail this year
1: that's a nice new fear to suddenly have to have. Spiky hail. It's Excellent.
0: also the name of my heavy metal band, Spiky <laughs> Hail.
1: Spik- Spiky Hail. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! And that wasn't just Christmas. Don't forget, it's been like almost every single day for for two weeks or something now. Oh yeah, that massive, massive storms. We're just flicking out of the
0: blue. Yeah, we're flicking currently from massive storms to heat wave, back to massive storms. <laughs> So, Can't get enough of these massive storms. Well, they're great storms. If you're going to have a storm, you may as well have it massive. Yes, unprecedented.
1: Massive Every- <laughs> these unprecedented storms. It's always like there's a pattern occurring. Mm,
2: what unprecedented could
1: that be? things?
2: We've been using the word "unprecedented" so much the last three years. I think it no longer has any real meaning
0: to anyone. It's it's just become "precedented."
1: Pre- <laughs> precedented storm. <laughs> Uh, well, welcome everyone to We're Not Helpful, a podcast about uh, books, our opinions on books, what we've been reading, and all of the rantings in between. You're I getting good at Eloise. that intro? I th- Yes, I'm getting everyone on You've topic. I'm Eloise, who's with me today, as usual.
0: Julian is. Hi. Brighton is. Yeah, I'm here too. That's not
1: going to be confusing for anyone that you introduce each other. (laughs) Brilliant.
0: (laughs) We know who we are. Well, look, we're episode five. If you're not into the law by now, you're not going to catch up.
1: (laughs) It's too late. Don't go back.
0: (laughs) It's too late.
1: Uh, So what are we talking about this week?
0: Uh, Well, I thought we would do a year in retrospective.
1: Now, when you say year in retrospect, you mean overall a what we've been reading retrospect, not a retrospect of our past episodes? Because I said to you, four (laughs) is not enough for a retrospective.
0: Well, look, we could make it a really short episode.
1: Okay. (laughs) And
0: just do a retrospective of the last four episodes. But no, I intended it to be a retrospective of the whole year. And, you know, if we get time, we can talk about next year, what our plans are as well.
1: Excellent. So all of our, um, what we've achieved this year in terms of our reading goals, uh, any regrets and what we are wanting to achieve for next year. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, what have we been reading this week? Uh, Brayton, did you
0: want to go first? I'll go first because I do have something new. I <laughs> have I have just finished a book called Flamegate Restless Shadows written by Kate Mack. It is the first part in a duology. The second one is called Flamegate Into the Void. Now, the author of this is an independent author. I met, well, I met her and picked up the two books at, the, at Supernova a couple of months ago. Oh, yes. You picked up a lot of books. I got a lot of books. It's on our Facebook page is the pile of books that I got. Mm. Um, yeah. So it's the first part of a duology. Independent author. The book is heavy. Like if my one impression of it at first, it's a heavy book. I don't know what paper they use to print this on, but it's a heavy book.
1: Oh, physically heavy.
0: <laughs> physically heavy, yeah. Not like <laughs> you mean
1: emotionally heavy.
0: No, not emotional. Oh, maybe emotionally heavy. Let's see how the story progresses. It doesn't look very big to be. It's not. It is only um like just over four hundred pages. It's yeah four hundred and four pages, but it's a it's a hefty book. That's not a criticism 20. of the book or anything. It's just it. Like, my first impression, I picked it up, like, oh, that's a heavy book. I must Um, buy this book. (laughs) Yeah. But no, it it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Like, it's probably a mix of, I don't know if anyone's ever read kind of, like, it reminded me a lot of, there's a series I'm currently working through by V.E. Schwab called A Darker Shade of Magic, where it's essentially there's different parallel universes. And this is similar. So there's this guy phoenix page who when he goes to sleep essentially he wakes up in another universe Ooh, so there's there's cool. yeah so there's one universe where it's kind of i don't want to say medieval cuz it feels like it's more industrial revolution era and there's one where it's essentially the future and in this future there is this organization called flamegate That is taking all this kind of void energy and using it for their own purposes. And Phoenix is caught in the middle of it all because he's the only one that can kind of traverse between these two universes. And yeah, so there's a mixture of kind of sci fi fantasy. And it's just, or at least I don't, I don't want to say like there's always this impression that like independent authors aren't as good, like they're all self published and they're all just kind of couldn't get the traditional publishing route, which I don't want to make assumptions about any I of that. I think it's
1: because that's a really difficult route to go down. And we live in such a different time now where self-publishing is far more um, prevalent and the way to get things done because it's easy. Mm. Yes. Like you can print your own stories through Amazon now, I think.
0: Yeah, this book mm-hmm. was actually printed by Amazon.
1: Um, yeah, that's probably where the heft comes from.
0: <laughs> probably. Yeah, but um it was really good. Like it's well, excellent. Yeah, I'm definitely going to read the second one. And I met I'm I annoyed met her with
1: the, uh, the storyline actually because I wrote a short story myself a short while ago mm. um which was about what if your dreams are like parallel universe versions of yourself? And every yeah. time you die in a dream, that's because you died in the parallel universe. Mm. And then I, I sort of morphed the story into someone was slipping between every time she woke up, she had slipped into the next universe and was like, thought she was going crazy um, because no one would believe what her life was. And like things yeah. slowly started slipping away. Like her, her job changed and the people around her changed mm. and her, wasn't her husband anymore and that kind of thing so yeah but good on her for getting to the story first.
0: (laughs) yeah it's an interesting approach because like everyone that knows him there's there's the kind of industrial fantasy land called yonder and everyone that he knows there knows that he's traversing into this other world like it's not a mystery and there's like a lot of really funny scenes because he'll just be pulled into the other world like he can't control it so he'll just go unconscious and then they're like Oh God damn it! He's fallen into a river and we have to rescue him, <laughs> and then we have to cart his unconscious body around until he comes back. So it's it's a really there's a lot of tongue in cheek stuff like that, but it was yeah really good. And I met I met the author at Supernova, and I'm, I'll leave a link to the book um, in the show description too because I know on her I've been following her on social media and she's been trying to get like I think two hundred books or something bought by the end of this year. Oh okay, so. Maybe, I don't know, by the time I get this up, I don't know. But if it sounds interesting to you, go and support independent authors Mm, because you never know what you're going to, and that's why I like going to Supernova. Just I'll go and buy random books from all the independent authors and meet them. And you never know when you'll get a hidden gem. And I really think for me, at least this is one of them because I really liked it and beautiful illustrations in it too. Illustrated by, I think it's the author's sister. I think I read somewhere, but yeah, really nice illustrations throughout as well. So if it sounds interesting, pick this one up.
1: Love a good sci-fi.
0: Yeah, it's good. So I'm looking forward to reading the second one.
1: Excellent. Julian, what have you been reading?
0: I have been reading a book called The Scarecrow. What's that one about? Michael
2: Connolly. It is, I guess you would call it a soft sequel to a book that he wrote about nearly 20 years ago now called The Poet. Actually, over 20 years ago. Um. It's about a serial killer. The poet was about a serial killer. Uh, if you've ever read any Michael Connolly books, he, his books very much share... Uh, it's a shared universe. So all his characters in his books exist within the one um, sort of universe and sometimes there are intertwinings. Um, and so this one is about an investigative journalist, a crime journalist named Jake uh, Jack McAvoy. Um, and about... 11 or 12 years before this book takes place, he was involved in a serial killer case um, that went by the name of The Poet. And he actually was kidnapped by this serial killer and managed to survive um, by pure luck, basically, and happenstance. And 11 or 12 years later, he's coming to the end of his journalistic career. He's just been laid off by the Los Angeles Times and all the budget cuts. Uh, And for his last story, he receives a phone call from this woman claiming that her son or grandson who has been arrested for a murder is actually innocent of the murder. And so he does a bit of poking around. uh, And at the same time, he's training up his replacement. So he's being replaced by a young um, up-and-coming woman who is going to take over the crime beat when he is laid off. And so they're looking into the murder and how it happened. And um, she is investigating sort of the history of the the victim while he's investigating the supposed uh, suspect who is now in jail for a false confession. Um, and she actually sets off the serial killer's um, trigger on the internet, basically, and at the same time finds a case Set in another state that has very similar aspects to it. So Jack McAvoy goes off and investigates that other killing, and it turns out it looks like by the same killer. But in the same time, the killer is now aware that he's on to him because of the trap that he set up on the internet, and it's sort of going from there. So now he's the target of another serial killer. Oh,
1: um, no. Did the poet get caught, as, or is that too much poet-
2: spoiler? It's a bit of a spoiler because that leads into another book that he wrote about a different character and so on down the line. So I won't I won't go into the details of the poet. Wonderful book, crime novel, great book, great twist at the end. Um, so I definitely recommend reading that. Um, but this one, I'm only about halfway through at the moment, um, but his partner in crime, well, his other investigative journalist, that he is um, training up has been caught by the serial killer and killed by him. That's not a spoiler. That happens about a quarter of the way into the book. And the serial killer is trying to set him up um, for the murder and then make it look like Jack then goes on to kill himself. And so that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. The FBI is now aware of this because he has a friend in the FBI who he called. They're now aware of it and then it's all kind of going into the sort of rising action climax of the story where they try and find the killer before he kills uh the journalist jack mcavoy so it's it's quite a good book a bit of a slow start and if you haven't read the poet you might be a bit lost to start with um and there's another sort of series of books he writes about a, a an investigator a police officer by the name of harry bosch um And they're kind of entwined a little bit. So if you haven't read some of his other work, you might be a bit lost as to who these characters are because a lot of them are from previous novels that he's written. But at the same time, the story is not dependent on having read that. So you could potentially pick this up and and follow the thread fairly easily.
0: So how how Um, many of his books have you read before? Or is this the first one?
2: No, I've read, like I said, I read the poet. A friend from high school when I was in grade 11 or 12 actually put me onto it. It was okay. one of the first real adult novels that wasn't a Stephen King or Dean Koontz uh, that I read, and I really enjoyed it. And so I read a couple more of his, uh, one of the Harry Bosch series I read, um, and uh, The Lincoln Lawyer, which became a movie with Matthew oh, McConaughey, and I believe that's it's now a series not, on Netflix. Ah, oh,
0: is that him? he wrote the yeah. book that it was based on
2: yeah so and again um, a great book I haven't seen the movie or the series but the book is essentially about this lawyer who his office is a Lincoln town car and it is being driven by a former client who is driving him around to pay off his debt because he couldn't afford to pay for the services of said lawyer um so they're all very much intertwined and Jack McAvoy actually wrote the story about the Lincoln lawyer in the paper as well so everything's very intertwined but each story is somewhat separate as well, so you should be able to pick up the threads. It's crime. It's not, It's not again, it's not a heavily emotional book. You know who the killer is because you read a It's par- not a paragraph, sorry, a chapter from Jack McAvoy's point of view and then a chapter from the killer's point of view and then it kind of swaps as the book goes. So you do know who the killer is. It's more of a will he catch the killer before he strikes again again, or before he manages to kill him. It's cat and mouse sort of a thing as well. Um, and it's, it's, it's good. It's exciting. It's fun. Um, it's a nice, easy read as well. It's not bogged down in a lot of, it's not very wordy or anything like that. Um, so it's a nice bit of fun to kind of finish off the year on.
1: Excellent. I love a good crime hmm.
0: novel. I have not read many crime novels. Maybe I should give one a go.
1: I've got two comedy novels, actually, on my list of to be read, um, written by an Australian comedian. I'm just going to.
0: I'm assuming you're still working your way through Moby Dick. Oh. (laughs) 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 All right. You you regret picking that book, don't you?
1: I really do. (laughs) Let me me sing you the song about Moby Dick. I don't know what's going on.
0: (laughs) Well, there's a whale.
1: No, there's not even a whale yet. There's not- Oh, my goodness. I haven't gotten anywhere to the whale. He's just spent an entire chapter describing what whales are and what categories they fit into. Turns out whales are fishes, guys.
0: <laughs> but they're they're not. Whales but, aren't fishes.
1: They clearly didn't know that back then. I don't know.
2: So yes. you're... You're reading this book because you wanted to read a classic, is that correct?
1: I, I yeah, I did. I made a mistake. But you
2: read Dracula
0: and you've read Frankenstein, yeah, haven't you? Those are both classics. They uh, count.
1: Well, I I was started reading Dracula before I made the list, so I felt like it didn't count. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think it very much count. It totally <laughs> counts.
1: I can't. I've started I'm a quarter of the way through. I, I am determined to see this through.
2: <laughs> watch the Gregory Peck movie instead and say you did.
1: No, I'll watch the one with um with Patrick Stewart in it. And uh I, I will at some point. I don't know. And then I'll look and I'll go, see, all of that could have been, the all of this could have been cut out of the book. You didn't need all of this.
0: All right. Well, when we do our 2024 retrospective, we'll catch up on you and see how you're going with that. <laughs>
1: I look because it's because one of my other number 34 on my 40 before 40 list. And if you don't want to, don't know what I'm talking about, go back to episode one where I explain that. Um, number 34 is to finish all of the books in my to read pile. So I have to finish Moby Dick so I can get to <laughs> my to read pile, which admittedly is uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight books long now because I oh, wow, added four at christmas that's pretty short
0: compared to mine to be honest
1: you know what i'm not going to count the books i got at christmas because i feel like adding to the pile is not fair to my challenge so i'm just going to read the books before my 40th that were in my to read pile before like when i made the list and the newly added books don't count but um going back to my point i picked up um everyone in my family has killed someone so that I could read it before. Okay, but what
0: book did you get? You should tell the police.
2: That's that's quite a crime.
1: <laughs> By Benjamin Stevenson. <laughs> because I, I saw everyone on this train as a suspect, and I thought, oh, I wonder if everyone in my family has killed someone. Like, that's the first book he wrote, and I wasn't sure if it was actually, like, a prequel to the train one. Yeah. So I thought I would quickly um, pick this one up, and read it before I read this one because I got I got the train. Everyone, everyone on this train is a suspect as a Christmas gift. Um, and Benjamin Stevenson, he's apparently an Australian comedian, and these books are like funny crimes. So I'm like, yes, excellent, up my alley. I will read those at some point. Are you I'm- the
0: type of person that? has to finish the book you're reading before you yeah. start another one. Yeah, I'm exactly the same.
1: I'm very ADHD. <laughs> I need to finish. I can't read two books at once. I have tried that in the past and it didn't end well because I couldn't keep the story straight. I find it very, Um, I, I'm very envious of people who can read multiple books at the same time. But it's also like it's because it's time-consuming, like where do I find the time to read when you know, you're working, you've got a family, you've got extracurricular activities that you're doing. Um, like you, there's the stuff on television you want to watch. Yep. <laughs> so it's hard. And clearly
2: you need to ignore your family. <laughs> mm.
1: I need to ignore my family more. Okay, right. Yeah. That'll be mine. Mm. It's
0: almost It's <laughs> almost like if you start a second book, the author's going to message you or something and go, why aren't you 100% focused on my book?
1: No, it's not that. Like I've not <laughs> it's it's not that. It's just I need I want to focus on the book that I'm reading because I feel like I'm not going to focus on the next book if I'm reading them both at the same time. Yeah. So. Yes, I will I will try to devote a bit more time and energy to Moby Dick. I think my problem is is that I'm trying to read it at night before I go to bed and it's like my eyes are it's putting me to sleep. <laughs> it's probably good that I'm reading it at night so that I can go to sleep. 'Cause mm. I don't sleep very much. It's probably sometimes. not
0: what you want from a book sometimes, though. <laughs> no,
1: no, especially when you're trying to pay attention to it. And like it's very, it's very descriptive and it's very mm. um metaphorical, but like nothing has anything to do with anything in a lot of this the tiny chapters. Um so I'm not yeah, it, it's hard.
0: Didn't we it, talk it, about in the yeah. Didn't we talk about a few weeks ago how this was in the time period when they were paid by the word or something?
1: Oh, I don't think if we talked about that, but that no. probably has something to do with it. Yeah. So it. I, I'm hoping it will pick up once they actually start hunting the Great White wolf. Yeah,
0: Just <laughs> flick it out. Um, I was going to say, if it gets too bad, just do the audio book.
1: Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I Again, like I find it very difficult to listen to audiobooks because I feel like I'm not paying attention. Like I prefer podcasts to listen to. Um, But, yeah, I just, I don't know. But we'll get into audiobooks because that will be part of our topic today in terms of our year in retrospect and our goals for next year. Perfect (laughs) segue. Thank you. I'm very good at this now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, year in retrospective. Should we start off talking about? I don't know do we want to talk about the best books we read or the worst ones to start with? I don't
2: feel like I've read enough books this year to categorize them like that
0: personally. Right, yeah, well, I
1: don't think I could either, unless I count Moby oh, Dick. Well,
0: I definitely <laughs> well, I think you've made your made your feelings about Moby Dick perfectly clear. <laughs> best book ever. <laughs> You're like oh, yeah, sorry, five, five stars. <laughs> yeah. You just reminded me of my mum when um the Hugh Jackman lay Miz movie was coming out she decided um she was going to read Les Miserables before the movie came out
1: no don't do that even yeah it was a
0: it she said it was a struggle but she did it but god it was a struggle
1: what did she say about it in the end she
0: said ultimately she liked it but she could understand why they cut so much out why they made it into
1: a musical (laughs)
0: Yeah, like there's the whole, I don't know, spoilers for Les Miserables, if no one has ever read or seen that. you to get but so many complaints. I know. There's the bishop at the start who is literally in the story for, I don't know, one or two scenes in the yeah. movies. Two songs. Yeah. There's a whole like 100-page chapter in the book about his whole backstory and everything like that that really serves no relevance to anything except to say, hey, this guy's a good person.
1: Which you could say in one sentence.
0: I just did. I'm a better writer than Victor Hugo. There we go.
1: <laughs> why are you not published yet, Brayton?
0: <laughs> yeah, I because I haven't written a book. That might be <laughs> why I'm not oh, published.
1: Okay. That that explains it. Um. Well,
0: come on. Hurry up then. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I'll get on to that. Okay. Well, I I can talk because okay. I as, as we discussed- Yay! <laughs> I know We're English. <laughs> As we discussed, <laughs> I went happened? through I went through my Goodreads list, which I used to track everything. And out of this year, um, I read mm. fifty-seven books. That's so many. <laughs> that's a lot. Of, now, I am including things sure. like yeah, that's fair. Um, and I'm pretty certain that's not going to change in the next three days. I don't think I'm going to be able to finish the current book I'm reading before the new year not with that attitude Well, come on well i could but like we have discussed we all have families and responsibilities <laughs> i feel like we just said ignore your
2: family yeah so i know, can, I can know. Reading. that
0: was
1: the plan that we had just discussed yes
0: so i am including not only books i am also including audio books and comics and things like that now when i say comics i don't mean like a 20 page issue like i buy the big thick collector's Like the graphic novel, yeah, graphic novels or manga or things like that. I am hundred percent including those in my reading list. So, like Chainsaw Man takes up eleven of those spots because I've bought the first eleven volumes of Chainsaw Man and read them. Is is manga
2: not considered graphic novel? Are they two separate categories, or is it a form of graphic novel?
1: Ooh, I'd have to look up the meaning of it, but I think I consider them
0: different style. Yeah, if it's. Japanese, I consider it manga, and I think it's different to something like, well, the other, another like graphic a Frank, novel. It's
2: different to a Frank Miller or something like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like another graphic novel, well, a graphic novel I started reading this year was the Sandman
1: Ooh, yes. series by
0: Neil Gaiman, which is, mm. you know, jumping off from the Netflix show, which I ordered the third volume of that. It's on its way now.
1: You can just borrow ours. We've got six. <laughs> I, like
0: own, I like owning them.
1: Oh, okay. They
0: look good on my shelf
1: that's
0: true <laughs> um a- yeah but i consider manga and kind of the western graphic novels separate categories that's just me
1: <laughs> sorry julian I, <laughs> <kidnap you.
0: laughs>
1: I was trying to be funny and breaking just rolled right over the top of it
0: Yeah, that's what i do <laughs> it's sorry. what i do best i had a train of thought i had tunnel vision <laughs> Alright, so if I'm going through my whole list here, should I start? Do you want me to start top of the list or bottom of the list? Uh alphabetically, of course. Alphabetically? Okay.
1: <laughs> do you mean in terms of like best um,
0: best to worst?
1: Oh, okay, yeah. The, I don't well, have
0: a ranking of all 57, but I can definitely pinpoint a couple of really good ones let and me a couple of-get
1: a couple from the top and the and the bottom.
0: All right. So starting from the bottom, I will start with. <clears throat> One here that I thought I would really like, but did end up being a little eh, in my opinion, was um, Blood Meridian by Cormac McCarthy. Never heard of it. <laughs> no? Julian, do you know Cormac McCarthy?
2: The name sounds familiar.
0: He, he wrote, wrote He Meridian. wrote The Road, which was turned into the Viggo Mortensen film. Of
2: course, yeah. Ah.
0: yeah. Um, and he only passed away a few months ago, actually. Great
2: novel, apparently, The Road, by the way.
0: Yes, I've heard. Mm. Now, I I listened to Blood Meridian. And so I listened to the audiobook. And I think that was honestly the wrong approach for that kind of book. And I think that's why it didn't land for me as much. It feels much more like a book that needs to be absorbed slowly.
2: I understand it's quite intense. Yes, it Um, definitely is quite deep.
0: To summarize it, it's a it's essentially a Western. And it's about this guy that is kind of recruited for this expedition into Mexico, I believe is, and the trials and tribulations and all the really bad things that befall him and his crew. And I think, yeah, the two things that really didn't make it land for me was that one, I listened to the audio book. And like I said, I think this is a kind of book that you need to kind of absorb slowly as you're reading it. And rushing through, not rushing through it, but listening through it in the audio book when you don't have that time, really, I do think you actually are missing out on something. And the second thing is just at the time in my life when I read that book, I think it was just the wrong book for me at that point in my life. I needed something happier, mm. and that book is really depressing.
2: I think that's actually a really good point as well, Brayton. Like mm. books, we we pick up a book sometimes, and it's it's no slight on the author, but Sometimes it's, you're just not in the right place to read a book. And it's not, it's not a slide on how good or bad the novel itself is. It's just not the right one for you at that time. Like Mm.
0: objectively, it is a very good book. Like Mm. it is a very good book. And I think if I was in a different headspace at a different time in life, I would have really loved this. But for me at the, at that point in my life, it just didn't hit for me, but it is, I am intending to reread it again in the future.
1: How many books have you like reread over time? Not even just this year, but like just over time.
0: Honestly, not a lot, because for some for some reason rereading books doesn't do it for me. I like. Mm. I always feel like I need to read something new. Now, I have reread a few Matthew Riley books in the past because they are very easy reads, and if I just need something a bit more quick and pulpy, I'll. Whip out one of his and read that, but it's been—it's been really a bit of a comfort book. Mm. Yeah, exactly right. So, but it's been a while since I've reread it. But this, yeah, Blood Meridian—I really feel like I want to reread it at some point and see if I react differently to it.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's—it's it's interesting that you say. Like, you really need to be in the space, the headspace to to read a particular book if it's got certain themes mm. in it. And I think that's so important mm. um, that you do choose those types of things carefully. Um, So would you say that did it make the things at the time worse perhaps or did you like kind of realise, yeah, maybe I should have put this book down a lot it's, earlier than trying to finish it?
0: Yeah, I think it's the only book through the year that I really got halfway through it and kind of went, I don't know if I want to continue this right now. Mm. But like you with your Moby Dick, I pushed through. It was my white whale, <laughs> so to speak. Yes. I pushed through it and I got to the end. And yeah, I it it didn't make things worse at the time at that point. Like I'm not gonna go into details of what's going on in my life at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think it was the wrong book at the wrong time. Yeah. Mm.
1: I think we've all read those types of books.
0: <laughs> yes. Um yeah. Now, to pick one from the top of my list, mm. this one I is also an audiobook. I'm picking, I'm just looking through my list here of which ones that really made an impact on me. And I think you two would really like this if you haven't already. Um, As You Wish Inconceivable Tales from the Making of the Princess Bride.
1: Oh, that sounds fantastic.
0: Yes. And I've heard of this. Yeah. Is it
1: a behind the scenes type book? Yes.
0: Book? Yes, it's Carrie Elwes's oh. Memoirs of the Making of the Princess yeah. Bride.
1: Oh, Can I borrow it from you? Oh wait, you said it was an audio. Book. Audio.
0: If you're going to if you're going to read this, get the audiobook because, oh, Kerry, because it's him. Cary Elwes narrates it himself plus there are guest narrations from some of the cast and crew. That
1: sounds like so exciting. Like Billy
0: Billy Crystal, Carol Kane, um Rob Reiner,
1: Mandy Patinkin? No. Oh, it's someone else, <laughs> someone else
0: reading Manny Patinkin's parts. Oh, that's a shame. But it is like, seriously, the making of that movie seems so wholesome. Oh, and yeah. And everyone seemed to have so much fun on that, that I was sad when that audiobook ended. Oh. Like I got to the last chapter, I'm like, no, I want more. I want Carrie Elwes to continue form. narrating everything from now on. <laughs>
1: Do you ever and- like listen to something where there's a particular voice of someone, and then all of a sudden, when you're say reading something, it's their voice that you're hearing in their head, even though it has nothing to do with the book that you're reading? Oh, ab-
0: absolutely! If a character, if especially if a character reminds me of a another character in a movie or something like that, I'll kind of insert that person into that role. So yeah, Carrie, as you wish. Carrie Owens' memoirs are amazing, especially because you get that real behind the scenes look of the make, like how he got the role and what the mm. process was like. And especially it's a whole chapter just dedicated to the sword fight that he oh, does yeah. um, with Diego Montoya. And
1: he was, he was, um he was a relative unknown, but a bit of a serious actor at that point. Yeah, and they didn't d- think that he would be able to pull off the comedy, but then came in so naturally and they went, Oh, well, who else could play this role?
0: Well, he, I, I don't want to spoil things. Well, I don't know how I don't know if you can spoil this type of book. Well, it's very early on in the thing. He he did the audition in his hotel room. He was he was filming another movie or something at the time. And Rob Reiner and the producer, I think, came out and wanted to meet with Carrie. They'd heard that heard his name through somewhere and they thought that he would he had the right look for Wesley. Hmm. And he, and Carry always was excited about because he had actually read the book himself and was a big fan of the book. And he, <clears throat> they gave him, um, I think a monologue. I can't remember which part of the script it was, but they gave him a line, uh page from the script and just asked him to read through it. And he read it. And I th- think if I remember correctly, they asked him to stop halfway through the monologue. And he thought like, oh, I've done a bad job. But actually they're like, nope, you're perfect. You got it. Like, we don't need to hear anymore."
1: Mm. Have you guys it, read the book?
0: I haven't read the yes. book no it's yes, um, I have.
1: yeah, it's the book is very good. I've got like the 25th anniversary edition which has some extra stuff in it apparently um and it is actually disappointing how much is cut out of the book when it's put to film.
0: Mm.
1: like I love that film mm. like it's one of my favorite films. Um, the adaptation I think, does a good job of adapting what they could at in the time period that it was made. Because mm. when was it? Was the eighties, early nineties?
0: Eighty-seven, I think it was, was yeah, made. Okay, like
1: yeah, that. late eighties.
0: Um, Which for an eighties movie, it holds up really well even today. Like oh, so you couldn't bad. tell it was made coming up to forty years ago.
1: Well, because there's not well, like it's a lot not, of not special effects.
0: Specific, yeah. yeah.
1: Like it's a fantasy film, but there's no like real green screen kind of special effects. Mm,
0: it's all practical.
1: Yeah, I mean maybe the I our our us's are a bit janky now, but I think that's kind of the uh, charm, The really. stories he
0: tells about filming those scenes are so good.
1: Uh-
0: <laughs> uh, I'm not going <laughs> to spoil. Good, yeah, I'm not going to spoil anything. But I yeah. will
1: say, like my favorite part about Carrie was as an actor is in the forest um with the lightning sand. And when Buttercup gets uh well, sinks into the sand like immediately. And the way Carrie Elways, his face with the micro expressions of going from what just happened, oh my god, <coughs> fear, like absolute horror in that split second. Oh god, it makes my heart ache because of he j- like he just portrays. How much his character loves Buttercup so well in what is essentially one second of acting. And I will crow about that until the cows come home because I just love it so much and I love him. And oh, he's just so handsome. Sorry, I'm going. (laughs) And (laughs) And then he did rant
2: That I heard from you about two months after I first met you.
0: Really? <laughs> Might have even been less time than that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay.
0: <laughs> and then Carrie Elwes went and did the Saw series.
1: I know. <laughs> I ranted like that to you a month after I met you. How are we still friends after all this time?
0: <laughs> uh, because I think I agreed with you.
1: <laughs> ah, okay.
0: <laughs> oh, Carrie Elwes. like, I don't know if you call him an underrated actor, but he seems like he should be bigger than he is.
1: Yeah, he's really not done huge amounts when you think about it. He'll just
0: character. pop up every now and then in something. You're like, oh, like, oh Elwes. Harry. Yeah, but um, especially for, for you two, I think, seek out, especially the audiobook because mm. it's so good. And hearing Carrie Elwes talk about it, like you can feel the passion that they all had for this movie and still do. <laughs> like they talk so... They're Funnily. so honored to have been a part of it and they're so appreciative of yeah. the fandom that this movie still has.
1: Please tell me he tells stories about Andre the Giants drinking.
0: Oh, yes. So many stories. Just and how
1: he would just like drink everyone under the table.
0: There's a great, there's a great story where he he drank <laughs> oh so much and just fell asleep in the middle of a hotel lobby. <laughs> but he's so big, no one could move him. So he no. just they just left him there in the hotel lobby. <laughs> and it's it's so like not just not to spoil anything but there's a there's a moment towards the end of the book when he talks about when he heard um of andre the giant's passing Mm. and he said he was actually filming robin hood men in tights at the time when he heard was he yeah he he said he was filming a mel brooks comedy at the time which could only be robin hood men in tights um and he it's so sad because he just says i didn't something something along the lines of i didn't i didn't feel very funny that day
1: no how could and it's you just
0: like oh my gosh that's such a heartbreaking thing to say um so yeah if there's any book that has like really made an impact on me it's definitely that one for this year it's such a great book and i've listened to the <clears throat> listen to the audiobook because mm. it's such a great experience
1: well um i don't have audible but i might have to actually just purchase an audio audible subscription now specifically to listen to that they, that
2: they give you a free you book can bundle book if it in a with Prime customer. if you have prime
1: oh i've got prime excellent i'll do hmm. that then
0: hmm. or spotify um, have audiobooks on there now
1: okay shall i go next about what i've uh my year in retrospect <laughs>
0: Sure, sorry, I talked for a long time.
1: Yeah, that's all right. Well-, um, well You did read
0: 57 books.
1: I did. Yeah, <laughs> you I've, got,
0: I've got another- You've read
1: more than both of us put together, I'm
0: pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, and I've still got dozens to talk about, so, you know, hurry up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, out of this year, four of the books that I have read are all Tolkien <laughs> textbooks, essentially. <laughs> so I have read, and they were big books. I've read The Fall of Numenor- I have read um, The Nature of Middle Earth, which is the most complicated Tolkien textbook I have ever read and will never read again um, because it was very dry, The Unfinished Tales of Numenor and Middle Earth, and um, The Fall of Gondolin. So basically ask me anything. I know all about Tolkien mythology. (laughs) I don't actually. Like there's just so much of it that I do Forget half the time, like um, you
0: could totally go toe to toe with Stephen Colbert.
1: Oh, I don't know. He knows. He knows a lot. He's very good. Mm. Um, I would love to do one of those drunk history episodes where I get really drunk and then try and explain the history of Middle Earth.
0: <laughs> I mean, like I would pa- like to see that. I, I, we, I, we could make that happen.
1: <laughs> we could do like a like Patreon a exclusive, something
2: <laughs>
1: like on a, a YouTube video. Or something. Sometime next year, Yeah, um, we'll do that. We can so, make that happen. Apart from those four incredibly thick textbooks, um, the only other things I've read this year was Dracula and then going into Moby Dick. So 90% of my reading this year is,
0: is okay, Tolkien. So, <laughs> so I'll ask, out of those four books, if you're yeah. a Tolkien fan, say you've read Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, and you want more, which one would you go for out of those four you'd read?
1: Okay, so not discounting the Silmarillion, which I have read a couple of times, which I think is important, these actually um, do expand on the Silmarillion, so it gives you a far greater look at those stories included in the Silmarillion. And if you really wanted to go with something, I would say the Fall of Gondolin is my favourite out of all of them um but these books
0: are definitely not they don't sound like they're for the casual lord of no, the rings fair they
1: are not your casual do not expect a linear story from start to finish because tolkien's writings were very sporadic for his um like his first and second age stories so he wrote a lot of stuff that was unfinished hence unfinished tales mm. and Christopher Tolkien, who pulled most of these books together, um, was very much he. W- he was not a novelist himself. He did not complete his father's stories. All he did was pull his father's writings together, and then commented on them. Um, the one I hated the most, which I read a couple of years ago, was the history of Beren and Luthien, which I was wanting. The story of Baron and Luthien from start to finish. Tolkien never wrote the story from start to finish. He wrote he wrote parts of it and then he would write descriptions about what was going on. And then he would write a historical timeline, but he never actually wrote the fictional story from start to finish. So
0: there's a version of that story in the Silmarillion, isn't there? <laughs>
1: there's yes, there is a yeah. version in the Silmarillion, which is the canon version. Mm. The, the um Baron and Luthian book that you can get has the three separate versions. One is a lay, so a poem um, and it's an unfinished poem. Uh, it, it's beautiful writing, I have to say. Like his writing is beautiful. It's so um evocative and um uh, like it just brings so much imagery to mind. He's, he was very, very clever in his writing. Like He was a wordsmith, essentially. Um, but they're, they're all unfinished. And basically Christopher Tolkien just put them in the books, commented on them, and then sort of said where they changed and why they changed. But he never brought anything together and he never finished anything. Um, and specifically one of the versions is uh, before Sauron was a developed character, he was in fact a gigantic house cat. And when I say gigantic, I mean the size of a lion, but a house cat so you can understand why that didn't get published
0: and peter jackson is a coward for not portraying him that way
1: It <laughs> should have made him a gigantic that's cat. it
0: i said it controversial <laughs> opinion but i stand by it
1: fight breaking in the comments
0: <laughs> peter so, jackson wants to come on here and defend himself yes free. Oh,
1: yeah so um I do like the fall of Gondolin. I do like the fall of Numenor. Like, it really does describe exactly what Numenor was and what happened and why it all happened, and it gives you different descriptions of all of the the kings and queens over time, um, and there's some really compelling stories in there. But, again, they feel very, um, like, they end abruptly because Tolkien didn't finish those stories, so it's kind of sad. And it's like you almost want someone to come in and finish them, but, like, who... Who would have the chops to do it? I, I don't know. I've, like no one really. He, he's he's the father of fantasy and I think no one would be able to touch it and really finish it off with a gratifying finish, essentially. Like all you can do is piece it together and and kind of see from his right, like his notes about where it all then went. Um, so that was my year. You, <laughs> Julian, you were yelling nerd out to Brayton before. I'm surprised you haven't already yelled out nerd
0: to me it doesn't need to be said clearly opportunity
1: Uh, (laughs) so that's my year in retrospect um julian what was what have you been up to in terms of your reading this year
2: hmm good question i'm actually trying to piece together what i've read this year versus what i may have read last year that i think was this year um
1: years have been bled into each other the last years Mm.
2: Uh, no, I know I read Fahrenheit four five one this year. Mm-hmm. Um, she so taught to teach it, and yep. So that was the the surprise standout for me really this year was was Fahrenheit four five one. I can tell you I didn't read The Great Gatsby again.
0: Um, <laughs> Clearly next year very we, need disappointed do a, that... we need to do a reading club and just make it The Great Gatsby. I think we but should no transition into others, a Great um... Gatsby only podcast next year. <laughs> mm. Oh, I could talk for
2: hours on The Great Gatsby. In <laughs> fact, um, when I mentioned to my family that I went on a rant in our last podcast, they asked me why, which gave me the opportunity to go on another rant
0: about <laughs> Perfect. it. All right. I'm, um, I am totally... <laughs> if we if we ever get popular enough to do a Patreon, I want to do a special where it's just Julian ranting about the Great Gatsby. <laughs> mm. it,
1: admittedly, we only had positive uh, comments in in the comments on that one, with people agreeing with you. So there wasn't. One.
0: I wasn't. I wasn't wrong. I'm uh, sure there's sorry. a Great Gatsby defender out there that was willing to come on.
1: There's still. There's still. I'm time. sure there are. Fight us in the comments.
2: <laughs> uh, so I, I read Fahrenheit four five one. Um, I've read a number of like short stories because I was teaching a short story unit, um, but nothing really worthy of mention, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, I started reading a few books but didn't finish for various reasons. I started reading Fairytale by Stephen King. It's one of his latest books, but um, like you were saying, Braden, right time, wrong time, um, and it was kind of the wrong time for that. I was gifted a book last year by my family-in-law, a Tom Clancy novel um, that I kind of started reading, but it just didn't grab me. And I've actually since found out it's not a Tom Clancy novel. It is a novel about it's Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan? Yeah. Um, Jack Ryan? But written... Jack Ryan. Yep. Yeah. But anyway, written by someone after Tom Clancy's death ah. um, based on his story ideas and stuff like that. Uh, so I sort of put that one aside. I reread a novel by Nick Earl's Zigzag street. Um, we were talking a little bit about comfort novels earlier before, and and, and that's one of the ones, um, that I like to read because no matter how I feel life is going for me personally, it's not as chaotic as the main character in Zigzag street's (laughs) life. I think that's wonderful. (laughs) Um, I read Phantoms by Dean Koontz, which, as you know, I was struggling through for about four weeks there. Yep. Uh, I tried reading In Cold Blood, uh, but I had to put it down, um, and I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast or if I mentioned it um, <clears throat> to to Mel the other week when when she may have asked why I stopped. Uh, but I found that the the almost deification of of the victims. Um, Really, kind of led to a. I'm not really interested in this story anymore because it didn't feel realistic. Um I know maybe it's because you know in the '60s families were portrayed, uh, you know, their all their failings were very private. Um, that was the whereas, you
1: were reading, wasn't
2: it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I
1: was going to ask. And if so. Read that one or not?
2: Yeah, maybe I will eventually. But the take on on the family was that they were this beautiful. Um, pious, you know, wonderful, faultless family who suffered a great tragedy, and they did suffer a great tragedy, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I can't, I can't wrap my head around the idea that a family is that, is that altruistic, is that good without yeah. some, you know, downsides to them. Every family has their struggles as well as their, their good moments. So I put that to the side. Um, I I started listening to. picture of dorian gray on audible oh really Mm, i did and it's a really interesting start um but i think i may have mentioned this to you guys at one point that i was in the car listening to it and i went from where i started my journey to where i finished my journey and i realized about 20 minutes or so of the book i didn't even hear i just zoned out
1: yeah as i was driving
2: yeah i Um, have that issue with audio books too that might be one that I come back to in, in print as opposed mm. to an audio book. Yeah. I and have
1: read it. Um, yeah, I've read it too. It's easy read because it's fairly short mm. and I find it so outrageous that no one has ever made a good movie adaptation of it when you could easily do a good movie adaptation and then for whatever reason, the ones that we have yeah. got are just awful.
2: <laughs> <clears throat> and, like, it is. It's a, it's a really interesting story. And it's just it's unfortunate that I zoned out while I was driving as I have a tendency to get lost in my own thoughts when I drive. Mm. Um, so maybe audiobooks while I'm driving is not the best idea. Um, and then the nonfiction book, Brayton, that you actually put me onto by Bart Ehrman.
0: Ah, yes. Um,
2: I think it was uh, How so, Jesus Became God. Ah, uh, yes. Mm. Mm. Uh, and that was really interesting because a lot of that um, meshes with a lot of the stuff that I watch from. Um, Dan McClellan on YouTube, uh, yeah. when it looks into the academic research of, of the historical Jesus and, and how Christianity sprung up from his followers. That was a really interesting book to listen to.
1: He's a very well. good um, researcher and YouTuber. His videos are just perfect. Like he, he's Dan really,
2: McClellan, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's really good at calmly explaining arguments and why yeah. people are wrong, essentially. Without,
0: without being condescending about it
1: yes yes yeah. very important. Will sometimes I mean, get a bit angry and be like listen here you stupid dickhead
0: <laughs> <laughs> i think it's more when yeah, he's stop, been stop. i think it's more when his professionalism is called out
1: yeah
2: he does get annoyed like, like i think i showed you the video he did defending bart ehrman's work mm. um and someone called him out on that and he was like no you you did exactly what i said you would do in defending yourself here And you didn't actually answer any of the things I said. Mm. So he got quite defensive there. But he also gets very defensive and quite angry when um, people use certain biblical passages by saying this is what it means. And and those passages are then used to, to deny rights to Mm. already underprivileged members of society Um, when no, no, the Bible wasn't saying that because the Bible was written 2000 years before you're making your current argument. So don't try and you know fit your own identity beliefs into here. He is coming out with a novel next, uh, not a novel, a book (laughs) next year too, by the way. Mm. So that'll, Um, that'll be on your to read list. That will be on my reading list for next year. Definitely. (laughs) Yeah. And well,
1: speaking of <laughs> next year, yep. what are our goals for next year, then, in terms of reading?
2: Oh, I have one. Oh, Ooh, good. I- go, go, go. <laughs> um, So I have been, as Brayton, you would know, I've been watching the series Reacher on Prime, and it yep. really captured me. It's a great <laughs> series. It's If you haven't seen it, go and watch it. Um, It's, again, not deep or
0: meaningful, but it's a lot of fun. A what was it described dad? as? All dad, actors... dad TV or something? It's dad TV. <laughs> I've heard it described that. But and I think it is I a lot said, of fun. I think and I it... said to you, I love how they just shoehorn a fist fight into every episode for no reason.
1: Yeah. Oh, I, th- oh yeah. I should start watching it then. I love a good nonsensical fist and fight.
2: Every time the character meets up with someone at some point in the show, they will say, were you good or did you punch someone? <laughs> um, and obviously he's punched someone. I punched um, him. <laughs> yeah, and of course oh, he's never like, ashamed about it. Just he just, just tells like it so matter-of-factly.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, I punched him. He he misbehaved, so I punched okay. him. Um, but of course, the Reacher series is based on the Lee Child novels, and so I thought I'm going to give them a go because they seem like they would just be a fun read. I'm so surprised that you is my plan read them to before. at least. <laughs> um, no, I haven't. I <laughs> think <laughs> <laughs> mostly because. Someone tends to gift me a book or Stephen King comes out with his,
0: you know, triannual book um, that I want to read before I do it. a lamp. Else.
1: It's a spooky lamp. Ah, is is ah. Stephen
0: King like as soon as a Stephen King book is out, you're immediately on it? I used to be that way. In fact, that was one of the books that I did
2: read this year, it was a short story um compendium of his called If It Bleeds. Um, which is really interesting because one of the short stories in that is all about character who is in four of his novels and now in a fifth oh. novel that just came out. So um, Is that
0: Holly? Is that the new one?
2: Holly Gibney, yeah. And so yeah. If she also appears in the TV series, Mr. Mercedes and in the TV show, The Outsider, both based on novels, completely yeah. different characters, completely different actors, not related in any way, which has frustrated a lot of the Stephen King fans because yeah. if you're creating these shows, why wouldn't you just have – that kind of interwoven thing, Um, but not so much anymore. I don't like Holly came out, I think two months ago. I haven't read it. Um, Not that I'm going off Stephen King, but I'm just finding sometimes his books are a little bit too serious for me when I'm in certain frames of mind. Uh, Hence the Michael Connelly, the, um, you know, the picture of Dorian Gray, that sort of thing, the more light reading. So <clears throat> Lee Child has not been read by me yet, but those novels, the Jack Reacher ones, are on my to-do list for next year. Excellent.
0: Excellent. Are you going to start with book one? Like I think they adapted book yes. one into season one.
2: Yes, and yeah, I believe so... the jackhammer appears in uh, what is it? The first couple of pages. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. Excellent. Eloise has no idea what we're talking about, but fans of Reacher will.
0: I'll I'll read you the um the paragraph. After we finish recording, because oh. it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, you you cannot leave here without hearing that.
1: Okay, <laughs> we'll do that afterwards. Um, my goals for next year are finish Moby Dick. Yep, before i forty, so that I can finish my two read pile. I just yeah, look, I one again one of my other uh, things on my forty before forty list is to reduce social media usage and. So I want to replace that with reading. Like I feel like yep. we're all in sort of that same category where we just mindlessly scroll on our phones. So I think everyone does it. It's just it's yep. a thing. Um, and like and you know, it makes me feel bad. I'm just like, what am I doing here just looking at nothing? And like Facebook is just filled with nothing now. It's no one actually posting, it's just like algorithms, stuff showing you a bunch of th- things that facebook thinks you might want to see and half the time i'm like why is this in my feed i don't want to see this mm. um so i do want to replace that with actual reading next nice. year i used to read so much especially before like i had kids and i just want to be able to get back to that again so that's my goal for next year so
0: you're year. saying it's your kids fault yes yeah. <laughs> remember remember we were talking about about ignoring your family
1: ignore your family read more yeah i do, i don't advocate for that we are all joking <laughs>
0: Yes.
2: Joking.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> joking.
0: <laughs> well, Brighton. <laughs> in terms of my goals, I've got so many books on my TBR list that that's not mm. an issue. But the thing I want to do is actually just make a dent in some ongoing series that I've been putting off for so long because Discworld. Discworld. I'll, world.
1: Fl- Disc world.
0: I'll get there. <laughs> I will get there. Discworld, um, the Expanse series. I've got mm. like three books sitting on my shelf in that series I haven't touched yet. I need I need to finish the um the Flamegate duology. I really want to finish off that one. What else? That that's kind of my thing cuz I keep flicking back and forth between random books and I just need to commit and actually just finish a series. Yeah. That's my goal. I've got so many books. I'm no no shortage of books to read. And I'm sure I will buy more.
1: <laughs> you are always posting To us about how, hey, look at this book I've just randomly bought. Like, Brayton, Brayton, come on. (laughs) But all those other books.
0: It's content for the show.
1: It's true. (laughs) Uh, Well, we've talked about our uh, achievements and goals. I think that might be a good place to wrap up for now.
0: I feel like this might be an extra long episode, just looking at the time. but I'd
1: have to edit it down a bit.
0: (laughs) Nah, it's all good. Especially that 30 seconds where I was going, I couldn't remember the book title.
1: Yeah, to edit that. Which I'm
0: going as to have long to... as you keep in my secondary rant about Great Gatsby, I'm I'm, I'm satisfied yeah, with okay. that cut. Well, I just realised I'm mentioning something that I'll probably edit out, so I'm probably going to have <clears> to edit <throat> this part out too.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh, well, thanks once again for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this will be the last podcast for the year, obviously. Because there's only like th- when we're recording, there's only three days left of the year.
0: So <laughs> I'm hoping to have this out by New Year's.
1: Excellent. Well, happy new year, everyone. Safe travels. And we will see you again in the new New year. Year. Happy new year.
0: See you next year, everyone. Oh, I won't see you guys till next year.
1: Oh, no. (laughs) Bye.
0: Bye. Bye.